Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Buckle up, because it's going to be a long ride. It's going to be a wild ride. No one cares, but we're going to tell you anyways. This is Popcorn Chat. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Popcorn Chats. I'm Margaret Dupre. <laughs> and I'm Dr. Bitchcraft. What? <laughs> Have you seen that with Trixie and Katya? No. And this week, we are back covering Euphoria's first special episode that they're releasing. So as the tagline says, it is not season two. It is... Just a special episode. So we had one this week and we have another one coming next week. And they decided to release this one early. Originally, Katie and I were going to have this episode out on like Wednesday. But then Friday morning, Katie texted me and was like, did you see that they released Euphoria early? Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, we love that. We also had a schedule. Yeah, because we're debating whether or not to do that, if we should just stick to our schedule, because we were going to do, like, Wednesday for the majority of December, since our one-year anniversary falls on a Wednesday, so then it worked out to just do, like, Wednesday for the two Euphoria episodes that come out on Sunday, mm-hmm. but when we were talking about it, All For Us came on in my Spotify shuffle playlist, and I was like, it's a sign. So, now we're doing it just to be timely about it, and mm-hmm. to get the episode out on our normal schedule, we don't know if the other, if the next Euphoria special episode is going to be out on early. this, like, early for us to do it on Monday. So if it's not, then we'll stick with either getting it out, like, Tuesday or Wednesday. But that's in the future, and we will just cross that motherfucking bridge when we motherfucking get there. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see that Mikhail and I are together, and we did a visual-only pre-show, obviously, where we talked about what we did today, because we Mm -hmm. had a little business day. But yeah, we're together at Mikhail's house, because I had to watch the episode on her HBO account, and now we're just here together recording for the first time in so long. Yeah. And we don't know to do zoom and we're just using one microphone and it's a beautiful beautiful time i'd say we probably haven't recorded together since like february honestly because then covid hit and we didn't see each other Mm -hmm. because then i remember for the ya movies i was like dropping divergent off on your front porch yep and like we were like sanitizing them yeah should we do a (laughs) catch-up sure I think I'm still in my rut, but less so. I kind of have a direction now. My boyfriend and I are going to be moving to De Pere because he got into grad school and um, he's working from home. So we're able to like move and we found a place. We went apartment shopping and we found a place that we love and we're just deciding between two units and I'm just excited to be like change of scenery or even though I'm gonna be going back to working in retail I'm looking forward to working again and still having time to write and pursue creative stuff that I like to do so it's just kind of like taking it one day at a time is what I'm trying to do but other than that I'm good I'm just I'm just chilling and I'm thankful that I'm alive but I also feel like this last month of the year is going so slow and I know it's only the fifth day but I feel like December is going really slow do you think that's because I think of like the day after Thanksgiving it feels like December Mm -hmm. but it's not so it feels like December has already been like two weeks 
I'm really excited for Christmas this year, mostly because it's like something that seems like familiar and a year of mm. like something that doesn't feel uncertain. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like Christmas music all is still the same. Our decorations are all the same. Like, I mean, obviously traditions are different this year because we aren't really seeing family at all, but. Do you have more to update? <laughs> uh, I'm doing same old, same fucking old, everyone. I mean, what do you expect? Yay. I spend, <laughs> I'm spending a lot of time on TikTok like I always do. And I, right now, it's very exciting time. I'm coming up with my top 10 reads of 2020. <laughs> it's so stupid but like that genuinely is making me excited to like narrow it down because i have so far have read 145 books That's and i insane. want to read i don't even know how to read <laughs> i think you do know how to read we're in book club my original reading goal is 52 books this year and then i doubled that and now i want to triple it so i need to finish 11 more books this month so i'm like on a mission let's get into euphoria this special episode hopefully mm-hmm. you guys watch Different than what I think a lot of people were maybe expecting. For sure. Definitely. Well, okay. So Michaela watched it before me and she told me that it was just a conversation basically between Ali and Rue. And I was like, ew. Yeah, you were not, <laughs> you were not vibing. I literally said ew. I just want to say, overall, I liked it. I think the conversation was great. I think it added a lot. I think we got a really good insight onto Rue's character However, coming off of the finale of eight and like the ending scene and just where I think like those eight episodes, there wasn't like a weak episode among them. Never really like a down moment for me. This did just feel not like a letdown, but just not. I wouldn't like rank it above any of the episodes of season one. Yeah, and I did like the conversation and I liked getting the insight and to actually hear Rue talk through. Because the one scene that she was talking about where she, like, grabbed the piece of glass and was, like, threatening her mom, mm-hmm. that had no audio, right? That had no, no dialogue. It, it was just music over mm-hmm. it. So that was really something that I was craving as a viewer. Mm-hmm. Um, and to really just hear Rue talk about her feelings re- regarding her behavior and to hear her walking through the process of coming to terms with everything she's done and everything she's experienced. Like, at the start of the conversation, being, like, not committing to stopping using mm-hmm. to then at the end being like what I've done is unforgivable just like grappling with everything she's done and like everything that's come from her addiction it was a very um, dynamic episode even though it was just the two of them sitting mm-hmm. and I think a lot of that is like the lighting and the camera work like the images were very interesting it never felt like boring or like they were just stuck you know how i think of like the movie the mountain between us have you seen that with kate winslet and idris elba i haven't seen it but i know what you're talking about for like the first i don't know like hour almost they're stuck in this plane and like you're just waiting for them to move and you know you're just getting to this point where like as a viewer you're getting antsy watching Mm. them not being able to move i didn't feel that with this for being in the diner for the entire time i never felt like anxious to leave it i think i felt like well for one thing i felt sad for both of them when i found out that it's christmas eve and they're both there yeah together like i didn't necessarily want to be there but i also wanted to hear the conversation and i think it would have been bland if the two actors weren't so good oh yeah. like they just pulled it off the dynamic between the two of them was just incredible right. and both of them it's like in those quiet moments of acting like when you look at euphoria and in season one i think it's like episode three maybe when rue goes to 
try to beg Fez to sell her drugs and she breaks down outside of his door and that's like my favorite scene. That's like incredible acting but like how you kind of talk Katie gets on me about like Adam Driver saying that like yelling isn't acting. This is a perfect example of like acting your ass off when it's just like a conversation. Yeah and like you when you're not even the one talking in the conversation. Yeah. Like what you're doing when you're listening. Like both of them have like a million thoughts flashing across their face. Or well Rue is more like thoughtless mm-hmm. on her face. But then Ali you can tell like as she's talking. Mm-hmm. He's really thinking about everything that she's saying. Where she's a little more spaced out. But that's obviously because she's high. So she's yeah. supposed to look like that. I liked that we had the the beginning dream or I guess like in Rue's head. Sequence between her and Jules. And then in the middle of the episode we have... Ali step out to take the phone call and then towards the end or like shortly after the phone call he turns and brings the waitress into the conversation so like we had those moments where it was like breathers almost Mm -hmm. um to remind us and like root us in reality a little bit more yeah it's definitely unheard of I don't know did you ever watch Breaking Bad I watched the first season there's an episode of that that I don't think I ever reached because I didn't watch the full thing either but there's an episode where it's just like a fly on the wall and that's the whole episode is like you just like following this fly yeah and people were so angry about that like to do something like this it's a risk Mm -hmm. just to like make people sit through an entire conversation like that's not what film and television is it's like the most interesting most like jaw-dropping moments Mm -hmm. so I think it definitely speaks to the writing and to like you said the acting and Mm -hmm. just their ability to keep people engaged with their performances you're right this is something that you would read in a book this is like something that would make sense to have in a novel that you would oh sorry that was my phone that you would not have play out normally on screen because people just be like who wants to sit through that yeah but you're right it does just work in this case and i think rue is one of those characters honestly any character in euphoria it's like you want to be a fly on the wall for their like everyday lives because all the characters are so interesting like i would like to hear a conversation between like jules and her dad or like cat and her mom or maddie and cass cassie yeah. All these characters are so interesting. Or like Nate and his dad. Like a full sit down conversation with any of these characters would be interesting. And that just, again, speaks to like how good these characters are and why the show is so popular, I think, because people want to know more about each of these characters. That's a conversation I want. Nate Jacobs and his dad. Yeah. Could you imagine that kind of dynamic? What if that's the next one? So we don't have a promo for the next one, do we? No. Because, so then that was one of my questions I wanted to ask you. Now knowing that, like, this special episode wasn't really an episode, what do you think the next one's going to be? Yeah, I... Since her and Jules were on the, like, cover of the promo, I want to... It'd be interesting if the next episode was Jules. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we did get some of Jules in this episode with the first sequence of them two waking up in the same bed together. Jules did text Rue during Rue and Ollie's conversation. Yeah. So she's the only other character from, like, the original cast that made any appearance, like... Rue and Ali didn't mention any other characters except for, like, her mom. Mom and sister. That leads me to believe that the next episode will cover Jules. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, I, like, obviously with COVID and everything, I don't think this is how anybody expected things to go. Like, I don't think these special episodes would have been a thing if it weren't for COVID. No. 
because I remember when we first talked about Euphoria, like, way early when we first started the podcast, and we were thinking that, like, Jules in the second season was going to be, like, not part of it until, like, later or something. Yeah. And they did talk about how Rue and Jules, like, shouldn't be together right now, and Rue really needs to think about her sobriety and not lean on Jules. Yeah, so I think that's why I think, again, I think the second episode will be Jules's time and what she's been up to maybe and her having a conversation with someone and kind of reflecting on her own journey. Because, like, Jules had it rough in the first season, too. Yeah. So I think it will be interesting to hear the relationship from her perspective because we got in this episode Rue talking about like her anger at Jules a bit of being like we were together and she cheated on me but then Ali was like were you ever really together which Mm -hmm. I'd like to hear from Jules like what her perspective of like were they actually together and like does she view it as cheating or did she think like we never really made anything official we also got Rue talking about why she was kind of blaming Jules for her relapse but then mm-hmm. Ollie was like you said you were never planning on staying clean so like you can't really put that on her and I want to know from Jules perspective what kind of responsibility she takes or not takes like that she shouldn't but what maybe guilt she feels if at all about Rue does she over- even know I don't know I mean I would think so because I'm assuming like Rue hasn't been clean so whenever that left off Maybe not. This might be like really shortly after because that dance was a winter formal. Yeah, I I think this is like right. So maybe she doesn't know. I I just want to hear more about Rue and Jules's relationship from Jules's point of view because we already got Rue's and. I agree with, like, everything from her perspective. At least that she feels, like, that she's right in that. But I want to hear it from Jules. I want to hear it from Jules, too. Me as a viewer, I never felt like they were in a relationship. Like, a clearly mm. defined relationship. And I don't it, think so either. It always felt. And we talked about this, too, in our other Euphoria episodes. Like, R- Rue seems way more in it than Jules does. And, yeah. like, that first scene in this special episode, I knew right up. I mean even though you told me, I knew right off the bat that it was fake because Jules was never on that same level as Like, as overtly affectionate. Yeah. They had moments. Well, and her whole story was, like, revolving around Tyler or Nate. Yeah. You know? And that, she felt a lot more, like, love and then, like, heartbreak over. Mm -hmm. So she's going through kind of, like a breakup she's in a vulnerable place rue is going through trying to be sober so she's in a vulnerable place neither of them are in a good place to be in a relationship no neither of them clearly defined the relationship mm-hmm. i'm not as big of a rue and jewel shipper as you are i'd like to see that i'd like to see them in season two stay separate work on themselves individually and then maybe come together in like a season three potentially but mm-hmm. i don't I don't think that right now their relationship is something that's good for either of them. I agree, but it'll be interesting to see what the next special episode covers. Yeah, and if it doesn't cover them, like Jules, and if it's just Rue again, then what? Unless it's like Rue and her mom and her sister, maybe? Could be, yeah. I think what I I was telling Michaela, like, what I would have liked to see is immediately, because like we're saying, she falls into that pit of people. Like, she took a lot of fucking drugs like I thought she was going to be going to the hospital again yeah like back in rehab part of me feels like they shouldn't have just been like oh everything's fine and she's like talking to this guy again maybe the next episode we'll see immediately right after the fallout of what her relapse was 
But do you think everything was fine if she's eating pancakes with Ali on Christmas Eve? Yeah, no. And, like, it's getting not high? It's fine, but it's, like, if they're not going to show, like, the actual fallout of it, I, I wonder if that's harmful. I'd like to see the fallout of her sister and her mom. Yeah. Especially Gia. I think they're, I think Gia has potential in season two to become a bigger character. Me too. I would like to see an episode just focused on her and, like, the damage that coming upon her sister overdosing has done. And Fez. I still want a full Fez episode. I'm sure we'll get both of those. Yeah, I don't know. I would have liked to see just more of the immediate, like, what happened after Rue took all those drugs. Not that I want to see her, like, foaming at the mouth or anything, but Mm -hmm. did she go to the hospital? Did her mom and sister find her? Like, you know, because I don't think it's realistic to be like, oh, she just woke up and she took a lot of drugs. Yeah. So. (laughs) Agreed. One thing that I noticed that was ironic, one of Rue's lines, was she said, drugs are the only reason I haven't killed myself, which I think is ironic because she has also almost died because of Mm -hmm. drugs. So I just thought that statement in itself, like, made sense for Rue, but also... We've seen twice where she has almost died because of drugs. And so even though she says, like, I haven't killed myself because of drugs, she actually almost has. She kind of has created this dependent relationship or, like, with her and Jules. And we were talking about how in the first scene where they're both together and happy and, like, Rue's dream for their relationship has kind of come true. She still takes drugs after Jules leaves. Mm -hmm. And when she was around Jules a lot and, like, they were friends and, you know, kissing and whatever, Rue was still doing drugs and stuff. I think that just goes to show that, like, yeah, drugs really are the only thing that truly make her happy, which is sad. Uh, And I think that her doing drugs in the dream type sequence or whatever that we saw at the beginning also shows that she really that it's not dependent on Jules of whether or not she's going to stay clean or not. It really has to do with Rue. So for her to be, to blame that on Jules is unfair of her to do. A lot of like stressful situations can make addicts like feel the need to use and stuff and be like, well, it was a really stressful time and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, would you still be using even if that wasn't happening? And even if everything was all good, Mm -hmm. I liked her line when she was like, lots of people drink and do drugs. And, like, what's the difference between me and them? You know, like, genuinely, what is the difference between people we deem? I guess, like, you have a dependency on it. But there's so many people, like, especially young people who need alcohol to have fun. Like, just look at all the people who can't stop going out right now for COVID. I'm not saying those people are, like, alcoholics or anything. Lots of people, like, overindulge. Yeah, and Katie and I were talking about that on our drive earlier this morning about just, like, the perception of weed. I mean, granted, we're talking about different drugs and euphoria, but, I mean, really, like, the idea that people have about people who do drugs versus people who drink and just the stereotype that goes with drugs, even if, like, someone could be an alcoholic or a drug addict, like, the way that society looks on those people differently. Katie and I said this whole entire episode was like straight facts. Yeah. <laughs> like every single time I'm just like, you're not lying. Ali brought up a lot of really good points. So did Rue. We, what I really liked in this too was we got a little bit into Rue's anger about her dad dying and how she really isn't over that yet. And as we saw in season one, kind of how that's where her addiction first kind of started was stealing pills from her dad 
when he was really sick and how she hates that everyone says like people have a purpose in life because then she's like well my dad's purpose should have been here to raise me and my sister and protect my mom but he died and I don't know I just think did a good job of explaining more of like the root anger that Rue has in herself that until she absolves herself of that she's never really gonna move on yeah and when your introduction to I mean any like there's no good I guess introduction to certain types of drugs and stuff and alcohol but like when it's a bad or like toxic introduction I guess when it's to like for me my relationship with alcohol has just never been good like when we first started drinking like late in high school I was going through a really bad time and it wasn't like for me it was never just like drinking when we first started out like drinking to have fun with friends like that was part of it but it was also like drinking to get over a really bad time in my life and like a breakup that I was going through and everything and it's never since then like it's never been the best (laughs) um and so I think with Rue and like that beginning and introduction to drugs and everything and that like tight anger that she's holding on to regarding her dad's passing and everything and even how she's mad at her mom for promising that he was going to be okay Mm-hmm. it's like how can you like that's not rational that's not a rational way of thinking that's her just wanting to be angry right and choosing to I think it's easier for her to be angry than for her to feel the full scope of like grief yeah like anger is better than sadness for sure also the thing they brought up about like the way that this disease is no different than cancer and like addiction is a sickness but it's all it's not worse than cancer but like sometimes it is like because people like when you have cancer people are like oh that's awful what can I do to help but when you say I have I'm addicted to whatever people don't always react most of the time people don't react that way you know Mm -hmm. people are like well what are you doing to like you know if I was like I just got diagnosed with cancer I don't think you would be like well are you in chemo like what are you doing to get better you know but if I'm like, that would be an afterthought that yeah would be like what are you I'd be like first how are you and yeah the, yeah I don't know I think just as it really talked and kind of challenged of how just society in general looks at addicts and it was it was really good yeah I just I liked the way that they approached it I feel like they approached it very rationally and constantly making comparisons of just being like, why are certain things acceptable? But then people who are dealing with a disease are shunned when they should be getting help or like support. And criminalized, like throwing people in jail and stuff for something that like is so out of their control in most cases. And we just like leave these people to fend for themselves so often. And like, I think that's why it's so hard for people to come to terms with the fact that they even have addiction Mm -hmm. or even like dependency or just an unhealthy relationship with certain substances, like coming to terms with that is hard. And like, you know, I think we need to do more to make sure that people are being mindful of that. Like if you have family history or just if you're recognizing or people are telling you like hey I'm worried about you and like what happens to you when you drink or like you using this substance like you know I just wish it was an easier thing for people to come to terms with and for like family members too like the way family members can react to their loved ones like having an addiction or something 
like it could all just be so much easier if we talked about it more as a society and didn't like make it this bad taboo thing i liked that ali asked rue if she wanted to stay clean because i don't think anyone ever asked rue that at all in the first season and she was honest and said no and one i just appreciate the honesty and I just, I liked that he asked because I think when we're talking about like addiction or alcoholism or different things, people just always assume people want to get clean when that's not the case. Yeah. Like some people can reach a point when they're like, I want this and I'm going to take these steps and I've hit my bottom. But some people are like, I haven't hit my bottom yet and I don't really plan on stopping anytime soon. And I like that Ali genuinely just asked through that question to be like, do you want this? And let that kind of steer our conversation a bit. Because I think he had to kind of adjust his approach then to her. Because if he would have just gotten like really preachy of being Mm -hmm. like, well, everyone wants to be clean. Mm -hmm. She would tune out. But because she was honest about it, he was like, you know, I get it. (laughs) Yeah. And I think in this case, like the way to talk to Rue about it is to like be upfront about it and if you look back at season one like right off the bat in the first episode when she goes to buy from Fez and they're like weren't you in rehab and she's like just because I went to rehab doesn't mean I like I stayed clean or anything yeah and people just don't know how to respond to her ever no and same with Jules like she's just like I don't want you to die and all this stuff and like people don't know how to talk to her about it and her mom is just angry are you high right now and like check like keeping tabs on her like no one is up front with her like Ali Mm -hmm. is in this episode he's got such tough love with her that just works and is exactly what she needs and at one point he's like you are 17 you don't know shit like you listen to me you think you're hard I'm harder like going back and forth that sounded weird Mm, but I'm pretty sure that's what they said in the show yeah but it didn't sound weird when he said it just me Mm -hmm. (laughs) He kind of put her in her place a bit, which is what Rue needs, but he also was doing it from a place of love, and he wasn't doing it to, like, be like, you think you know stuff, like, you don't know anything. He wasn't doing it to, like, bel- to belittle her or be condescending. He was genuinely just trying to be like, you need to stop with that, Yeah, and this is what you need to hear, and you might not like it, but it's what you need, and she yeah. needs that approach, because you're right, like, her mom isn't going to do that, Jules isn't going to do that. She doesn't have her dad there. Her sister's too young to be doing that. Right. I really, I just like the relationship between Ali and Rue, and I hope that that continues in season two. Yeah. Yeah, and I like the depiction of Rue and her, like, naivety and her immaturity. Like, uh, I think a lot of shows that depict young people are just so off base and come off as tone deaf sometimes mm-hmm. and either make them out to be, like, way more wise and, like... You know, like, I'm thinking of The Fault in Our Stars, where the characters make all these, like, weird quotes, and, like, it's a metaphor. Like, fucking 17-year-olds don't talk like that. They talk, they they talk like they think they know everything, but they don't. And they laugh at the name Billy Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and, like, I just appreciate the way that Rue is in this. I feel like it's so true. Yeah. You know, like, you just think you know everything, but you have no idea. Until you have life experience, and you're like, oh, I really didn't know anything. Yeah, talk about someone knowing how to write a teenager. Like, Mm -hmm. Sam Levinson knows how to do that. Yeah. Well, it's like he actually remembers what it's like to be young. Yeah. Which is good. When Rue was talking about, like, death and just how unfair and cruel and messed up the world is and how she's just never been able to deal with that and, like, everybody else just seems to be okay with it and accept it I was like that is so true to like how I'm feeling right now and how I've always kind of felt like 
people, especially with COVID and everything, people just, I've been so anxious about it from the get-go, and, like, I just, it's hard for me to understand how people are so cavalier about everything and just going about everything, like, it's fine. And same with recently, this woman from our town got, just, like, was out on a walk and got hit by a car and died. Like, you could literally just be, like, out on a walk. Life is so unfair, and you could literally do everything right and still end up with cancer or still, like, have something like that happen to you where you're literally just trying to go for a walk because there's nothing to do and COVID and, like, you just need to get out of your house and then you're dead and, like, you didn't do anything wrong. And then the drunk person that was driving gets to go on and, like, keep living their life. Yeah. I think that so many parts of this episode, like, hit in different ways Mm -hmm. that I think everyone who's watching found something in it to be like "Mm." yeah and maybe like certain things they said like stuck out to some other or like resonated with other people more like when they were talking about the black lives matter movement they never mentioned black lives matter but it was very clear what they were talking about and how one revolution like yeah you could say you're revolutionary but there's already another one coming up behind you and Mm -hmm. we don't have time to do the one before another one's coming up Mm -hmm. and how companies take advantage of those to sell product and how they really don't actually care. It's all like smoke and mirrors that like, that's going to hit for certain people. Like Katie and I can watch that and be like, Holy shit. Like, yes, we need to be talking about this, but that's not going to like directly hit us because neither you or I are like directly affected or like directly discriminated against daily because we just are not a person of color. Yeah. Versus then they're going to say certain things about addiction that people who have struggled with that are going to watch and hit or say things about like mental health that we're going to watch and like pick up on that. I think they're like, I would hope that like you could watch this episode and not feel like an impact from anything, Mm -hmm. because if you could, I'm go you. But I think a lot of us watch the episode and can find certain things. Like there are so many layers and so many deep conversations and plot points that they hit that I think everyone Mm-hmm. Or most people, I think, could find something in there that was, like, oh, yikes. Yeah, and again, that's, like, saying something to feel seen just by watching a conversation between two people, pretty much. Yeah. And, like, to feel like that's relatable, or to feel like what you've been thinking or feeling inside your head, like, just had words spoken to mm-hmm. that. Like, when Rue and Ali are kind of talking about the future, and Rue says, like, I don't really plan on being here that long, and he's, like, it's easy to think like fall into that when the world's so full of hate and I was just like oh shit Sam Levinson yeah. <laughs> like there were just really a lot of great moments and then the phone call mm. Ali's phone call with his daughters was so hard to watch and I think like some other people could probably watch that and like have that hit them in a certain way mm-hmm. of like just seeing this guy who has made tons of mistakes in his life and like he admits them he knows that he's made mistakes and is trying to write them but the people in his life are like not really ready to accept him back in yet or at least from like what we've gotten mm-hmm. and it's hard because then you see him with Rue and he's like acknowledging it and you can tell that he's like a better person and has regret but is like you know I can't change anything and I only need to move forward but the people in his life aren't ready for that yet mm-hmm. and that was sad but then you also understand like why they don't they're not yeah. ready yet because he says that like he hit his wife and his kids like watched him do that and so it's like you can empathize with both parties Mm -hmm. and they mentioned something about like how we're so quick to cancel people and like you know we shut people down and don't give each other or ourselves like chance for redemption and so then we just are like well I'm a shitty person and like Mm -hmm. that's just what I'm gonna be 
and it's like that's a shitty person and that's just all they're gonna be it's like wouldn't we all rather be like okay they did something shitty but now they're a good person and actually doing good things yeah like I think that makes way more sense than to just be like they're a shitty person and they're always gonna be a shitty person and anything they do is shitty and they can't Mm -hmm. contribute anything like that's so damaging there's a difference between being a bad person, making a bad decision, that I think a lot of people like to see things in more black and white, which I think is why I like fiction and movies and TV shows and novels, because it explores more of the morally gray people, which I think people way more fall into. Mm-hmm. And I can't really think of like a villain, like a really well done villain that doesn't have something redeemable about them Mm -hmm. or like I mean yeah there are obviously just villains that are just bad for the purpose of being bad but I'm talking about like Darth Vader Mm -hmm. once again I'm bringing up Star Wars like there are characters like that who even though they've done bad things inherently I don't I would argue that they are not bad people right they just made bad decisions as a society like we're so quick to be like that's a bad person that's a good person and like Mm -hmm. that can change on a dime like I think five years ago everybody's like Ellen DeGeneres purest person in the world like that's the best person Mm -hmm. one of the best people ever and then that literally changed overnight and also I think we're so quick to do that with ourselves too or at least some people are like Mm -hmm. and especially when you mix like drugs and alcohol into that it's such a tough balance like for me drinking is often something I do to like cushion social interactions and like make me feel like people like me more like I'm funnier when I drink and once it crosses the line and then I am too drunk and people hate me and I think we build up in our heads like everybody hates me or everybody likes it when I do this I'm gonna be more of this Mm -hmm. like Mm-hmm. And it's just like if we all just embraced the gray area like you're talking about. Yeah. It would just be better for everyone. Like no one is a hundred percent good. No. And no one is a hundred percent bad. Which... Oh, I guess does this did this episode make you more excited for season two? Or did it kinda like play place it? Placate? Plateau? No. Or did it kind of like uh satisfy your thirst for season two that sounds weird i'm like placate isn't that a word placate i don't know did it make you like more excited for season two or did it kind of like take the edge off a bit until season two because that season one finale i remember being like i don't know how i'm supposed to wait right yeah i it definitely made me more excited for season two and i'm excited for the next special episode just to like these are the types of characters that i just can't get enough of like Mm -hmm. i want to see more and you know I don't think I would want to see an episode from many other tv shows where I just sit and watch like a conversation between two characters I can't think of many other shows like can you imagine Grey's Anatomy doing that oh how boring God. that would be <laughs> no thank you but it so I will admit that it did seem kind of like a fizzle out of the really crazy cliffhanger that we were left on however there is the opportunity to still go back and revisit those moments directly after Mm -hmm. Rue took all that, those substances. But yeah, I'm equally, if not more excited. Mm -hmm. And I'm just glad that we got more Euphoria content. Yeah. Um, Like given the circumstances and COVID and everything and how we were so close to having season two being filmed. I know. They were literally doing table reads. I, yeah, I agree. I think this has kind of satisfied me for a bit. And I'm excited to see what the next episode is going to be. I don't know. It was 
awesome for what it was. Like, it was very well done, very well executed. I definitely think it added something. But I'm ready to have, like, the whole crew back together. Yeah. I'm ready for Fez and Kat and Maddie and Nate and Cassie and McKay and Lexi and just, like, the whole squad back. Too. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, this is going to be kind of a shorter episode, but obviously this Euphoria episode had just the one conversation. So, mm -hmm. you know, obviously if you are out there struggling with, like, addiction or literally just anything, like, it's a hard time in the world right now. Everyone's well, just doing their best. Yeah, literally. I think we talked about this last time, but just, like, take it a day at a time and do what you need to do to get through each day. Mm -hmm. And just stay well. We'll link some resources in below, as always. But, yeah, just know that, like, you're not alone if you're going through it because mm -hmm. that's, like, the one good thing about everything that's going on is, like, we're all kind of in it together, mm -hmm. um, which I know, like, I'm sick of people saying that, but it's true. Next week, we will be talking about the next episode of Euphoria. Mm -hmm. Be sure to follow us on our individual or subscribe to our individual YouTube channels. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We both have an active TikTok now. Katie got hers going. <laughs> so, check those out. And our Popcorn Chats TikTok. Yeah. And our Popcorn Chats YouTube channel. Thank you for listening or watching. I think that's it. Wear freaking mask. Stay inside. Wear a mask. All right, Lilas. Lilas.